This is the Mission Matters Podcast Show, where our goal is to engage, encourage, and equip Christians to live on mission daily. To learn more about the show, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missionmatters.org or sign up for our newsletter online at missionmatters.org. And now, without further ado, let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome to today's episode of Mission Matters. My name is Charlie Zahari, and it's my privilege to have Carolyn Myron with Crew on the conversation today. Carolyn, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Carolyn, uh, the way that we normally get started on these conversations is to just ask you to give us kind of a brief um, overview of w- what it is exactly that Crew is doing and, and specifically what, what your role in Crew is at this time. Just kind of like a 30,000 mm-hmm. foot view. Okay. Well, Crew as an organization is formally Campus Crusade for Christ. So as an umbrella, it's still Campus Crusade for Christ International. And for that scope, they're worldwide working on missions and all different facets. And specifically, I work with Crew, which is the college ministry side in the U.S. And so I'm at San Jose State University up in the Bay Area of California, and I work at San Jose State with crew, working with students there, um, and kind of the, the tagline that we have is that we're a caring community that's passionate about connecting people to Jesus, and so everything that I do throughout the day somehow tries to fulfill that, whether I'm doing a Bible study or mentoring or you know, doing evangelism on campus, putting together the weekly meeting. It's just a lot of little odds and ends to try to make that known and let Jesus be known and students come to know who Jesus is on campus. Very good. Now, Carolyn, I met you a while back, and I know that you've you kind of mm-hmm. you've you've jumped from different locations. How long have you been at San Jose? I've been in San Jose a whole six months now. Okay, and where were you prior to that? Uh, so immediately prior, I was living in San Diego as I was preparing to be on staff with Crew full-time. Okay. And then before then, I interned with Crew for two years in the Middle East. Very cool. All right, so now kind of diving into um, the purpose of this podcast, which is trying to figure out um, how God kind of sparks that fire and how someone um, takes a path similar to yours where um, they're Mm -hmm. living on mission daily. Could you give us, you know, a little bit of a background as to how uh, God prepared you for this ministry? Where did this get started? When did you decide that um, you wanted to be a full-time missionary? And uh, how did God prepare you for that role? Okay. You know, very light question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, take your time. Yeah, it, it was actually a very long process that God took me through to eventually call me on to staff with crew um, so that, you know, my full-time job would be this, this mission work of working with students. And let's see, I mean, most of college, I, I was not following the Lord and kind of near the end of college, he really turned my life around. And so then after graduation, all the plans that I had for myself were completely out the window. He had me doing, you know, a totally different job. And I was, just volunteering with crew really because I just kind of wanted to help out the Bible study I used to be in. And I was living in my, in my college town still. 
And so it started out really minor as, you know, I have a job and I have a car and so I can help drive people to things. I can, you know, make the snack for Bible study. I can, I can attend things and, you know, just helping out in little ways. And then it was probably over the course of about a year, I've been praying and asking God for direction and where he was guiding me next. And, um, he kept bringing up this idea of giving a full year of my life into ministry to do full-time ministry. And I was dead set against it. (laughs) I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, Especially when somebody had mentioned, you know, I should consider going to this particular city in the Middle East. And like, there's no way I'm not going there. You can't convince me (laughs) of it. (laughs) And, but I, I have, um, through some connections, got a hold of somebody who's in that city doing his internship year. So I started praying for this city in the Middle East uh, for about a year, and God used that, and I didn't really think he was going to in that way. I just was praying for this missionary and praying for those people he was interacting with, and all of a sudden, I find myself standing in that city, on that university where he was, you know, and completely in love with it. and so it was a long process that God took me through to eventually just get to get me to a place to give a year to mission. So I imagine, you know, I'm going to go do this internship year and I'm going to come back and I'm going to get a real job and get back into my career. And a year turned into two years. And for that, I was like, all right, I'm definitely done after this. <laughs> I'm going to come back to the U.S., started looking back, maybe into grad school was researching some companies to work for in the U.S. um, and really just kept asking God for long-term direction because up until that point, God had really been taking me down this path of being willing to let go of my plans and follow Him, even if it's the last minute. And I'm a huge planner, so this was stressful beyond capacity. Outside of your comfort zone, Oh, completely. You know, I want to know my plan. I had my five-year plan mapped out, you know, the day I was graduating college. I knew everything I was going to do. And he would just bring it down, you know, and it would be a couple weeks until, you know, my lease was up and I'd have to move. And God would tell me, all right, this is where you're moving. And it would work out. And I was panicking. Um, And so this has just been years of just short-term decisions and just following following God step by step. So at the end of my internship year, I really just started asking the Lord for long-term direction. Where is he guiding my life? How can, how can I as a whole being and my entire life um, be used for him and be used for his glory? And, and, and just where is he guiding me as a whole um, rather than, you know, what am I doing tomorrow? And so through that, I kept just feeling more and more confident about wanting to do full-time ministry as my career, but still just did not get that 100% confirmation. I didn't want to say yes. And at one point, I really, I was sitting down in a coffee shop and I just started asking myself, what do I want to do? You know, I had also been praying um, for God to change the desires of my own heart, that I would want the things that God wants for me. And so I kind of wondered, you know, I want, what do I want? I've, I haven't really asked myself that. And so I started thinking about what do I want to do? And I couldn't imagine doing anything different but telling college students about Jesus. And that was 
such a strange answer because I never thought I would say that. A couple years before then, I would never say that. That reminds um, me. Of, that reminds me of one of my favorite verses: "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Mm-hmm. It's almost like exactly. he he, cha- he changes. I, for a long time, I thought, "Well, He'll give He'll give me what I want," and it's mm-hmm. maybe not that. It's He actually changes. He gives you new desires of your heart, which it sounds like what He did for you. Exactly the verse that I had been praying because I had heard a sermon on that where. You know, it's not that he gives you the things that he wants, but that he, he places desires in your heart. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, shoot, that's what I need. Yeah. You know, I'm very passionate. I want to be excited about what God is excited about. And so that was the exact verse I've been praying for years. And so to see that in God's faithfulness, that he has been changing the desires of my heart and planting in desires that, that I didn't have before. And even in some ways, revealing desires that I had as a kid that I'd kind of forgotten about um, to bring about, you know, this adventure of being in full-time ministry and getting to interject in people's lives um, and in, you know, different areas of the world even. It's been really exciting outside of my comfort zone, um, but completely, you know, it has been wonderful. Well, uh, Carolyn, you work a lot with college-age students. It's your primary focus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you could go into what are some of the challenges uh, there when you're when you're ministering to college-age students? What are you up against? We're up against a lot. And I think college students, it's really kind of a unique place to be able to step into somebody's life uh, because for most students, you know, it's the first time that they're living away from home and there's all of these brand new pressures. And so there's kind of the typical college pressures of, you know, needing to perform well in school so they can stay in school or keep their scholarships. So a lot of them are very busy, but also don't have the best time management. So they're not really as busy as they seem. Um, You just can't get a hold of them. Or, you know, there's this pressure to party, um, pressure to drink, pressure to have sex um, before marriage, before they're even comfortable. Um, you know, whether they, they think they should wait till marriage or not, there's just this pressure mm-hmm. for that. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that's especially hard now is just how much apathy there is on campus. Um, it's actually so much easier to talk to a student who will outright disagree with you and disagree with the gospel than a student who just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many students that you talk to them and you can tell they just don't care. And so there's nothing that, it's really hard to find the thing that will get them to start questioning God or questioning if he even exists because we don't really care if he exists or not. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is one of the biggest challenges because the other things you can kind of navigate. But if there's apathy, it's just very difficult. What do you think is causing that apathy? Oh, goodness. I honestly have no idea. I think we can speculate on so many different levels of to why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably going to vary for each person. I, I tend to personally think that there, a lot of people are probably more mad or hurt by God than they're willing to admit to. Um, and so I've had some conversations with some people who 
you know, very, come across as very apathetic. They don't really care about God. They don't believe that he exists. Then as you get to know them and start digging in deeper, you know, somebody had revealed to me that, you know, when they were young, their parents were getting divorced, and so they prayed to God and asked him that they wouldn't get divorced, Mm -hmm. and they still got divorced. So because of that, God must not exist. Where it's really like, no, you're hurt. You're hurt, you feel betrayed, you feel abandoned. God let you down. Um, and they come to the conclusion that God must not exist instead. Mm-hmm. Whereas really there's just a lot of deep hurt in there. So what is your ministry on campus? Um, mm-hmm. What if you, if you got down to kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it, what does it look like? What, what are you guys facilitating on campus? How are you engaging uh, with that population? Mm-hmm. So, as a whole at San Jose State, we have four different ministries on campus. Um, so they're all kind of within the crew family. Um, and we branch out a bit to try to, I guess, specialize and be specific in what we're doing with ministry. And so, and we want to be able to reach out to all different groups of students. So we have our traditional crew movement, which you know, just anybody and everybody comes. We have a weekly meeting with that where we have different speakers. Um, We're currently doing a series that we're calling Letters to Crew. So we have our graduating seniors giving uh, like a small sermon, um, kind of like what the Apostle Paul did in all his letters. You know, what is this thing that I want to encourage you in and exhort you in to continue to grow? Um, So it's really neat to see. Yeah, that's a great idea. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so fun to see to see the seniors in there and how they've experienced God working in their lives through crew and college and kind of what they encourage the rest of the students to drive for while they're in college still. Um, so we have that going on through that. You know, we have Bible studies and discipleship, and we do different trainings. So in the fall, we go through a training to teach students how to share the gospel with others. And then in the spring, we go through another training of helping students to put together their testimony and how to kind of have natural conversations with people to get to know them and their story and be able to share their own story with the gospel integrated into it. Um, and so we do a lot of things to prepare our students um, in those ways. And a lot, a lot of it also feeds into... Um, kind of like three ways that we really focus on ministry we call win, build, and send. So win is introducing people to Jesus, and so that's where evangelism comes in. Um, You know, that's where we do the training students on how to share the gospel, and then we take them going out and doing evangelism. The build is helping students grow in their faith and their relationship with the Lord, so that's the Bible studies and the mentoring. And then the send is training students up when they leave college, they're ready to go and ready to be sent out into the world as missionaries into whatever field the Lord takes them into. So there's a lot of different day-to-day things, and every week, every day for me looks different, uh, depending on what's going on and what student schedules are like. Mm -hmm. But it fits into those. Um, And so with that, we've got crew. We have Destino, which is focused towards Latino students on campus. We have Epic, which is for Asian American students, and we have Bridges for international students. So we have all these different venues that students can go to to experience those things. Now, how many missionaries with crew 
um, full-time missionaries are actually working on uh, San Jose's campus right now? So we currently have six crew staff. We have three full-time and three part-time. Okay. Now, out of uh, what your work there, and actually, since you haven't been there that long, if you'd like to go back to your um, previous experience in the Middle East, that's fine, too. Um, mm-hmm. But out of your time at Crew, can you give us an example of just a story that comes to mind that really you think uniquely brings glory to God? I think one of the things that I enjoy the most about ministry is being able to see these very young believers take big steps of faith. Um, I think it's so exciting, and it's a really just unique opportunity to be there. And so there's one girl right now that I am mentoring, and she accepted Christ about a year ago and has been coming around to crew, coming around to Bible studies, um, and now I get to meet with her every week. And so she's going on her first mission trip this summer, and it's been really great to see her in this process of going through the application and everything, because at first she, she was pretty excited to apply for this mission trip. It's an eight week mission in Santa Monica, uh, so in LA and she'll be getting a job and learning how to share the gospel with people and share the gospel specifically with coworkers, you know? So how do you be, you know, kind of the the average person going to work, coming home, and having these natural relationships and bring the gospel into that. That's a cool concept. That's a very cool concept. Mm -hmm. So does she actually have to go out and get the job, or is there a job waiting for her? No, she has to go and get it. Yeah, so the first week or two, they're just applying to everything. Um, And it's a big beach town, so they hire a ton for the summer, and they're just looking for people to work for a couple months. So the students who go always find jobs, but, man, they find some weird ones. You yeah. know, a lot of them become burger flippers at, at Burger King or, or McDonald's. Uh, some of them work, one student worked at this very odd boutique where they sold really weird, I don't know, just like weird little stuff for your house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they just find a random job and work there. I um, like that concept. It's like a self-sustained mm-hmm. uh, middle-term mission. That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's something that we recommend students go to as kind of their first mission trip. So they go there and, you know, you're still in the U.S., so it's nothing super intense right off the bat, but there is a lot after them. Uh, And they take huge steps of growth during the summer, and then they come back, and it's awesome because those are always the golden students who are ready to you know, go volunteer for everything on campus. They're constantly striking up conversations with their classmates, inviting people to crew. Um, it's really neat to see how God uses that summer to kind of shift their mindset and shift their heart um, towards being missional. And uh, for this particular student, she she applied, but then kind of as she's waiting for the, for the interview phone call, she basically backed out of it. And so talking with her and her main reason for backing out is money. You know, she's going to have to raise them support in order to pay for the mission. But then she has to sublet her apartment um, because if she doesn't sublet it, she can't afford to pay the rent. And I think there was one other financial thing too, but it all came down to finances. Mm -hmm. And so 
one of the things that I've constantly had drilled into me is that finances cannot be the issue. If God's telling you to do something, then he will provide the funds for you to do it. He always provides for what we need. He promises that. So if he's going to tell you to do something, that means he's going to provide what you need to go and do it. And so we're able to have during one of our times where we get together, just sit in the grass, talk about how she's doing, go through some, um, yeah, just going through ways of how we both can continue to grow in the Lord. And we're talking about this with finances. And so I just, you know, I just challenged her with that and told her about some of my own stories with raising support to be on staff and how, you know, I had a couple hours to get several thousand dollars in hand and like, this is never going to happen mm-hmm. and how God just provided in a blink of an eye. And so it was great because from there she's like, all right, I'm back in. I'm going to do this. Nice. Went through the interview process, got accepted onto the summer mission and now she's raising with support. And so she just texted me today about, she made all these phone calls and all these people who are so excited for her to go on this mission trip and they're making donations so she can go. Um, and so to kind of see this shift in her from being scared and wanting to back out to, okay, if God's telling me to do this, I'm scared, but I'm going to trust him and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to chance it. I'll see if he pulls through. I'm going to chance it. And I love that aspect. Um, that she's willing to, you know, give God a chance and step out in faith and, you know, in a way kind of ask him and be like, all right, God, are you going to provide for me? Now, to t- kind of transition away from the mm-hmm. ministry a little bit um, and just get a little bit more personal, I, w- I wouldn't mind hearing how you would define living on mission and how how living on mission has impacted your life. And it, sometimes I like people to think about it in terms of had you not taken that year to just give it a try? Mm-hmm. How do you think your life has changed if you would have gone down that route as opposed to the route that you went? I think there's there's two ways in which God calls us. He calls all of us to, you know, as believers to follow him. And, and he tells us to to follow him closely, to abide in him, and to make disciples, um, you know, in the Great Commission, that's not, there aren't any exceptions to that. But therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. There aren't exceptions to only if you're in full-time ministry mm-hmm. or only if you're very well-educated or only if you have all of these verses memorized. Um, there's, there aren't any exceptions to that. It's everybody. And so there's that piece of it. And then there's also what is God calling you to uniquely as your vocation and as your full-time job? And so that was the thing that, for me, God created that that shift in, calling me away from one line of work, which I thought I would be in, to calling me to this line of work of full-time ministry. And I'm very stubborn, very hard-headed, and so... She took years to bring that about because my first gut reaction is there's no way I'm doing that and I refuse to. God is much more faithful than I am and perseveres much more than I can in my stubbornness. And so constantly just kept softening my heart towards it. Um, and I think that, that if God would have called me into a different direction, into a job that wouldn't be considered full-time ministry, 
um, if that's the Lord calling on my life, it doesn't make my life any less missional. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not any less glorifying to Him. And so I think in everyday life, no matter what profession or um, stage of life or being, you know, like married, with kids, without kids, single, um, you know, being a teacher, a CEO, a lawyer, flipping burgers at McDonald's, you know, none of that can change the, I guess, the definition of how missional we can be. Um, So I think in what God specifically calls us to as our vocation, and working, working as if we're working to please Him. And as that being our job, we glorify Him in that. But that's also the place that God has uniquely put us to be able to reach out to the people around us. I studied microbiology, and most people are like, oh, yeah, well, you're not really putting that to use. <laughs> but I, I still get to see God using it, um, you know, when I get a meet up with these people in heavy sciences who are really struggling in believing that God even exists and trying to to bring together what they're learning in the classroom um, with with what they learn at church. How can those two things meld? And um, having gone through similar questions, I can step into that with them and go through that process with them. Whereas somebody who might come from, say, like a literature background maybe never had that unique struggle, but they had a different struggle with an English student that I would never be able to relate to. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's unique to see how God uses that. So I think living missionally is giving everything that God has given us, including our, the things that we enjoy doing, the things that we're good at doing, the place that we work, the spirit's influence that we have, as you said, and letting him use that however he wants. God uses us uniquely and that he's made us uniquely to be missional with the people around us. For our listeners out there who are trying to figure out, you know, w- what God wants them to do, they want to live on mission, but they haven't quite figured it out, um, what would be your advice to them? Two great things that I have heard with that is you pray about it, and then you try it. The founder of Campus Crusade for Christ said, said something years ago that very, very challenging. He had the idea that if you interact with somebody for like 10, 15 minutes or more, that is a divine appointment that God has put in front of you. So when you're on that airplane, you've got an hour flight, you know, just a jumper flight down to Southern California, like God's uniquely placed that person in the seat next to you. Mm. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a full time job. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but if we see that, that every moment that God's placed that in front of us, you know, how does he want to use those moments? And then trying things out, you know, how do you know that you wouldn't be good at leading a Bible study unless, unless you try it and practice? And, you know, so I found out I'm not that great at public speaking, you know. So leading the kind of the sermon-like thing that we have at Crew, not my strong suit. Yeah. But being in a small group and having the, you know, a group of like 10 or less people and having those discussions and bringing out important questions, that's something that I love doing and I'm a little bit better at. 
but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't try it. Yeah, I love and it. So, so, so your advice is just to pray about it and then actually don't get into analysis paralysis where all you do is think about it. Mm-hmm. Actually go take mm-hmm. a step of faith and give some stuff a try. And I, I think yeah. you're I think you're right on. I think a lot of times we we sit around, we have, you know, great ideas, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day we talk a lot more than we do and and it's a shame because, you know, it's in those things that we're not sure that we're able to do that God shows us that there's a whole side of us we didn't even know about. And it's uh, mm-hmm. something that he empowers us to do. It's not within our own strength. And that's where compelling effort comes mm-hmm. from. Because when you start to realize that, hey, I know that I can't do this, but it, when I step out in faith and do it, God compels me and is able to get me to persevere through those things. That's a pretty powerful concept. But outside mm-hmm. of that, are there any books or um, internet-based type resources that you're like, man, you got to check these out. They'll help you out a lot. Yeah, so for... Well, so for the books, I've been trying to think of some books that um, God really used to open my eyes to certain things. And so there's one book that I really loved. It's called uh, Imaginary Jesus by Matt Nicolatos. And he he's also on staff with crew up in Oregon. Um, and he wrote another book with a similar title, but this one is just Imaginary Jesus. And kind of talks about a very comical fictional book but addresses some real heart issues of how we don't always follow the real Jesus. We kind of follow the Jesus of our imagination Mm. of the things that are a bit easier to handle and a bit easier to swallow. And it could be different for every person. And so the challenge to follow the real Jesus and not the Jesus that we've somehow made up in our imagination. And then the other book in full discretion, I have not read the whole thing, but I want to, um, is Let the Nations Be Glad by John Piper. And it's very compelling as to why missions even exist. And it's not really a how-to guide, but more of, you know, the point is that God is to be worshipped. And so most missionaries overseas, they're the ones who read this book, and this is what God used to kind of call them into missions. And one of the famous quote from there it says missions exist because worship doesn't and so that's where that quote came from this book and then it's for resources so there there are two resources i recommend one of them i use a couple times a week so if you actually just go into google and you type in crew.com c-r-u dot c-o-m-m so two m's the first thing that'll pop up is um, a link to a certain section of a crew website. And if you scroll down, it has tons of resources. So I'm not going to lie, it's not the easiest thing to navigate, but on this specific page, so if you do the Google search of crew.com, it'll bring you to this page. And it has over a 100 different Bible studies on there. And you can click on the study. A lot of them have a commentary that goes with it that you can read to prepare. And this is awesome because you don't have to reinvent the wheel yeah. every time. So I can go on this and I can prepare a Bible study in about two hours rather than taking a full day of preparing it on my own. Um, and through this, I have good commentary that I can rely on to help me understand the scripture before I teach it. And a resource that I recommend to students all the time is everystudent.com. And this is chock full of questions and answers about everything. There's 
um, questions, has God's existence, life's questions, sexuality, knowing God, um, random Q&A. And so sometimes having a conversation with somebody is a little bit too confrontational. And so students want to be able to go to the safety of their dorm or their room and look it up on their computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other great part with this is if there's a question on here that's not answered, they can ask it, type in their zip code, and a crew staff person who has volunteered to take care of this in that area will actually answer them Very and cool. reply back with an answer. And so then if later through email conversation they want to meet, they've already kind of established a little bit of an email connection and they can meet with this crew staff person to talk more. Well, both of the books that you mentioned, uh, Imaginary Jesus and Let the Nations Be Glad, will actually yeah. be listed on our website as well. So if people go to missionmatters.org, it actually takes you over to Facebook. There's a Shop Now button. And we have... It sends you to an Amazon bookstore where we've listed all the books of any guests that we've had on. So you get the same great Amazon pricing, and uh, our our ministry gets a small percentage of that too, so it helps us out a little bit. If people wanted to get involved in your ministry, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, and I'm talking specifically your ministry, how can they help? What can we be praying for you? Um, we want to know more about you in particular and how our listeners can help you. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think one of the one of the biggest things is prayer. The the area that I'm in, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, is in general kind of just a very unchurched area. And so prayer for ministry, prayer for me and, you know, my my personal life and my work life and my relationship with the Lord, um, you know, for all of that to be in a way, healthy, because if, if that is going okay, then prayerfully everything going on with ministry will be will be better. Prayer for our students, a lot of them come from homes that are not Christian homes, and so they're the only believer in their family, and, you know, they're getting ready for summer. So they might be going home for the summer. They might be going on a mission trip. Um, but either way, a lot of the students, they're going to be away from crew community for three months. They're kind of going to be on their own. Um, and so prayer for them is is huge. Carolyn, if someone wants to be able to um, help you out specifically financially, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Or is there a website for them to go to? How do, how do you get that type of work done? Because you are, you are self-funded, mm-hmm. so you need, you need that type of financial help. Yes. So for me... With this, the best way to get a hold of me is through email. And so that would be carolyn.myron at crew.org. And, and to get in contact with me. And um, with kind of partnering with me in ministry, that's really what it is. It's God calling all of us together to engage in this ministry in, in the ways that he's asked us to. And, you know, whether it be prayer support or monthly financial support to get ministry going. God uses all of it to bring these students into a relationship with Him. Very cool. So, so, so for any of our listeners out there, and I know a lot of us have went through college, and we were, we were probably thinking, man, I wish we would have ran into Carolyn while we were at college because mm-hmm. we were a mess. Um, <laughs> they can email you at carolyn.myren at crew, which is C-R-U dot O-R-G? Yes. Okay, cool. And my first name, Carolyn, it's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. Very good. Well, thank you for spending time with us. Do you mind if I close us out in prayer? That would be awesome. Thank you. 
All right, Father, we come before you, God, and I just want to lift up Carolyn and and, uh, the crew ministry over at uh, San Jose. And God, uh, I pray as Carolyn uh, gets more familiar and comfortable that you would continue to wrap around her a a strong sense of community with uh, her fellow ministers and and the students there at the campus, Lord. And um, for the students that she's ministering to, God, I pray that you would soften their hearts and you, you would show them um, their need for you, and that they would respond to the ministry that's provided by the crew team over there. And Lord, um, just pray for protection in general, spiritual protection over Carolyn and the team. And um, as the students that have received Christ, God, we pray that they would uh, that they would heed the discipleship that's being offered to them, and that they would grow in faith. And that as a lot of them go home, maybe for um, the first time since coming to you, God. And uh, we know what they'll be stepping into, especially in a family that uh, does not believe in you. We pray that you would give them strength and that you would give them the ability and the the courage um, to stay firm with the faith and to be able to share it in a way that's um, both both truthful and graceful. So we thank you for everything that you're doing on the crew team there. Excited that we've been able to talk to Carolyn. And I just look forward to what you're doing. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We pray you've been engaged, encouraged, and equipped to more fully live out God's mission plan for your life. Don't forget to follow and share us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash missionmatters.org and sign up for our newsletter at missionmatters.org. Until next time, may you live passionately on mission for the glory of God.